1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Bruce Hooley Show on the Answer Network. We're paying over $5 a gallon for gas. Uh, I love mowing the lawn. I love it less now because when I go to buy the fuel for my mower, it's now 50 bucks for the 10 gallons. Not as much fun as when it was 20 bucks. But we're not paying enough for gas. Apparently, a coalition of environmental groups thinks that. They sued the Biden administration this week in an effort to stop more than 3500 permit applications. For energy companies to drill for oil and gas on federal lands. You heard me. Environmental wackos who have had Joe Biden and his green energy ilk licking their boots for the better part of two years think that the Biden administration's policy on drilling on federal lands, which they've outlawed, by the way, is not restrictive Enough. The group said the burning of fossil fuels from drilling is heating the planet and damaging imperiled species like Hawaiian songbirds, desert fish, ice seals, and polar bears. Now listen, I like Hawaiian songbirds and polar bears and ice seals as much as the next man. But I don't think they're really in much imminent danger. Not nearly like my finances are from $5 a gallon gas. So, how do we fix this? Well, we get a different president. I know, we got the midterms coming and you're saying, ah, midterms, midterms. Yeah, midterms. The midterm elections are going to be, I believe, uh, a bloodbath for Democrats, in the House in particular. And in the Senate, although I didn't think there was any way Raphael Warnock in Georgia could win the a full term as U.S. senator, but the more Herschel Walker discloses, children that we previously did not know existed. He thought we thought when Herschel Walker announced he had one kid, everything was great. Now he is announcing that he has had that he has four kids, and this of course imperils his ability to beat the radical Raphael Warnock. So the point is. I think J.D. Vance is going to win in Ohio. I think we're going to get rid of the Democratic senator from Nevada. We're going to win the Senate. But we're not going to win the Senate to the degree that we'll have 75 senators who are Republicans. That's not even mathematically possible. So why do I say that? Because we're not going to have enough Republicans in Congress to override a Joe Biden veto. And I don't see Joe Biden who will assuredly be a lame duck president, either by his party or by a Republican opponent, with 2024 approaching. Joe Biden is not going to, in the final two years of his presidency, do anything but eat tapioca and watch wagon train. He's not going to turn tail on his green lobby and give the go ahead to drill for oil on federal lands or promise to not meddle in oil companies. Remember, this is someone who made very, 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 very clear what he was going to do in the campaign. He was not going to allow oil companies to do what oil companies do, which is supply good, clean, environmentally friendly as possible domestic energy for the American consumer. He just was not going to do that. And I would. I wish he would say this, but apparently Joe is taking a nap right now. Joe, refresh my memory on what you said during the campaign. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Now, if you're an oil company executive and you hear that, are you eager to respond to his heavy-handed letter the other day saying, hey, you're not being a very good patriot. You're not drilling enough, you're making a lot of money, you should drill, I would tell him to uh, take a long walk on a short pier, although he'd probably stumble before he got to the end of the pier. So we will not get this fixed until 2024, and my preferred candidate in 2024, as you well know, is... Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And there are those who say, well, DeSantis is running for governor this fall, Bruce. How do you know he'll even be interested in running for president in 2024? So Ron DeSantis was asked yesterday about gas prices. And he went on a five-minute soliloquy about gas prices. And you tell me, from listening to the beginning of his comments, if this sounds like a guy who's ready to run for president in two years.
0: So the question's about gas prices and inflation. You know what I could do? If you could give me a time machine to go back to January 20, 2021, we would just do the opposite of what Biden has done, and we'd be in a better spot. No, I mean, I really think it's, it's – got, he's got a lot of chutzpah to attack – energy producers when he campaigned saying he was going to shut down energy production in the United States. He said, we're not going to let him drill. We're not going to give leases. We're not going to do any of that. And so then he comes in, he puts really negative policies to try to kneecap American energy production. And of course, that's been a huge driver as to why we now have gas higher than we have ever seen it before in my lifetime in this country.
1: Ron DeSantis, eloquent, bold, states his points clearly, doesn't ramble. Among the reasons why, I hope he is the Republican nominee in 2024. And I know that angers some of you. I know you don't like it. I was having a conversation yesterday on the show with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org and Matt shares, Matt, his Substack, .substack MattAMayer.substack.com, Matt Mayer writes about how he's loved Donald Trump since Trump wrote The Art of the Deal. He's been a longtime Trump acolyte. And yet, Matt says he hopes DeSantis is the nominee in 2024. And I concur. And I concur. And I, I may have lost a listener over it yesterday. Every time I talk about DeSantis and why he's superior to Trump as a candidate in 2024, I get an email like this. This was more angry and more unhinged than most. Hey, Bruce after listening to this from Eric, hey, Bruce, after listening to your commentary today about President Trump, I finally realized that you are just another one of the well-spoken elitists that hate Trump. All the complaints you had about him are the reasons that us working-class Americans support him so much, on top of the fact that due to his wealth, he is uncorruptible. I turned off your program, and will probably never turn it on again. Now, Eric is somebody that I've engaged with Through Patriot Switch. And I love Patriots. But you got to have a big picture view. This is the point I made when I spoke at the, oh, yeah, Trump rally. That's right. I was chosen to open the Trump rally. Now, would an elitist who hates President Trump be chosen to open the Trump rally in Delaware? Don't think so. Would I have gotten pats on the back from everyone with the Trump team? Don't think so. Did I give a speech pointing out how ridiculous the Biden policies are on every single thing and how superior Trump's policies were? Yes, I did that. But just because Donald Trump is a vastly superior president to Joe Biden does not mean that Donald Trump is a vastly superior candidate to other candidates in the Republican Party. And Ron DeSantis is 43 years old. Forty-three. Do you want to put a guy on the podium against Joe Biden or whatever idiot Democrats put behind the lectern at the presidential debates, if there are any, in 2024? I want Ron DeSantis, nimble, quick-witted, and every bit as nasty and pointed as Donald Trump, but, but with a governor on saying things that awaken enliven, and embolden the opposition. It is laugh. Eric, I've been called, literally have been called just about everything in my broadcasting career. Things I could not repeat now or my career would be over. Never in my life have I been called an elitist because I am not one. And if you are so blind in your loyalty to Trump, that you don't see that he awakens the enemy and is the only possible Republican nominee in 2024 who would awaken the left enough for the possibility of losing that election to exist. Well, then enjoy listening to whatever you're listening to now instead of this show. But if you want the truth and you want it unvarnished, then you want to keep listening. Uh, One of the environmental groups I told you about that is uh, suing the Biden administration for not being environmentally friendly enough is the Center for Biological Diversity. Uh, Boy, does that fit. Uh, Yes, indeed, it does. So, more from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who yesterday, as a cut I played when somebody asked him, gave him a layup a fastball in his wheelhouse. An EFAS pitch, if you will, about, hey, Governor DeSantis, what do you think about gas prices? Now, you know, if you ask Mike DeWine that question, uh, Mike DeWine would say, well, you know, they're, they're way too high, and we're hoping, you know, that the, the, the federal government will do what it can do to bring prices down. And then DeWine would move on, because it's not really Mike DeWine's thing. He really doesn't have any input on gas prices. But Ron DeSantis took this as an invitation to speak for five minutes about gas prices, and he made point after point after point That was 100 percent on the money that if he repeats these points, and I hope he gets the chance to at the lectern running for president in 2024, I think will resonate with voters.
0: He has facilitated this, uh, and I think that's had a huge impact on overall inflation because everything that's produced. Uh, relies on energy, and when those energy costs go up, it has an effect across the board. Obviously, when you're printing trillions of dollars, the money supply, that has caused it to go up as well. So I think there have been a series of policy misjudgments. What I would do is I would say, and he will not do this, but he should admit he was wrong, uh, and he said, you know what, Uh, we need to be energy independent we need to lead the world in production. We need to get rid of all the roadblocks. We need to make sure people can get permits. We want to make sure we can do LNG. Let's build pipelines, not just Keystone, but there's other pipelines. You, know, you have like the Marcellus Shale, Ohio and Pennsylvania. They don't have pipelines to get it to the rest of the area because FERC, the federal agency, won't permit these pipelines.
1: Does the man seem to have a keen understanding of Federal policy on gas, shale, oil, drilling, all those things? Yes. Yes, he does. Does he need that to be an effective governor of Florida? Mm -hmm. No, he does not. So I know Trump's running. I get it. Trump's going to run. I get it. But I'm hoping there's a way that the Republican primaries can be finessed. I don't want it to just be a rubber stamp because, at the risk of alienating those of you who think I'm an elitist by saying so, We've got a long slow slog ahead of us to get over inflation. Fix it, cure it, move past it. What do you think gas prices will ever come down to? Do you think you'll ever see $2 a gallon gas again? I don't mean $2, period. I mean 2.99. You think you'll ever see 2.99 gas again? I'm beginning to wonder. I'm beginning to wonder. And Ron DeSantis, to me, sounds like a guy who has a keen understanding of it. Now, somebody who obviously does not have a keen understanding of it is the reader-in-chief, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the presidential read person. I would say spokesperson, but she's not really a spokesperson because she doesn't speak. She reads. She just repeats. She's the presidential repeat person. Whoever's writing her, whoever the ghostwriter is for Corrine Jean-Pierre, thankfully, had something in the binder for her to read to Peter Ducey when he asked her this question. So, I know the president once said that he was going to end fossil fuel. Is that now off the table? No, we are going to continue to move forward with our uh, clean energy uh, proposal, our climate change uh, proposal. Going to continue to move forward. Going to not take failure as a reason to change course. Um. So, you will not see $2.99 a gallon gas at least, at least until 2025. More from Ron DeSantis.
0: The markets are very forward-looking. If he were to come in uh, and just really, really double down on American energy and have policy to reflect that, look, it would represent a complete 180. He would have to admit he was wrong. But you know what? That would be good for the American people. And so we've got to start putting the people first over the ideology of the ruling class and the governing elites. Yes, John Kerry and these people think that our economy should be gone on windmills and solar. Look, we have solar in Florida. We'll have more, and I'm happy with that. That is not enough, okay? The windmills are not enough. You have to have Uh, oil and gas, uh, to be able to power a modern economy.
1: Mm. John Kerry, climate czar, flying all over the world in his private jet because he needs a private jet. You don't. Uh, John Kerry was asked this week about high gas prices. Should that maybe dial back your commitment to green energy at this point in time? John Kerry. And energy security worry is driving a lot of the thoughts now about, oh, we need more drilling of gas. We need more drilling of this. We need to go back to coal. No, we don't. We absolutely don't. And we have to prevent a false narrative from entering into this or, again, uh, pun intended, we are cooked. Mm. Let me Google something here, okay? I mean, I'm, I'm Googling it. I'm not duck-duck going it. I'm giving the wokesters a chance to fudge with the details. John Kerry net worth. John Kerry net worth. do well, you yeah, got a guess? You got a guess in mind? I'm ready to hit enter. Ready? John Kerry net worth updated is $250 million. $250 million. If you had a net worth of $250 million, would you say what John Kerry said? And energy security worry is driving a lot of the thoughts now about, oh, we need more drilling of gas. We need more drilling of this. We need to go back to coal. No, we don't. We absolutely don't. And we have to prevent a false narrative from entering into this or, again, uh, pun intended, we are cooked. Mm, mm. John Kerry's net worth is $250 million. You know why John Kerry's worth is $250 million? Because John Kerry's wife is Teresa hines Carey. Uh, she is the widow of former U.S. Senator John Hines. I guess she has a thing for senators, or former senators. And she is an heir to the Hines family fortune. Now, if you've ever been to Pittsburgh, or if you've ever looked at top American corporations, you will find that The Heinz Corporation is one of those 11 conglomerates that has all their assets managed by BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard that are putting 90% of the products on our shelves. So John Kerry is the epitome of an elitist. He married an elitist. And he can't understand why you, hardworking American man or woman heading to work, object to $5 a gallon gasoline. Because it's not a thing for John Kerry. It's not a problem for John Kerry. And if it's not a problem for John Kerry, then what's wrong with you? That it's a problem for you. They are elected to serve us. But they do not serve us. They instead serve their own self-interest. And that is why we are amid, no longer on the cusp, but amid, what I think is one of the most threateningly hopeless periods to be an American in our country's history. How do we move past the hopelessness and focus on the good things? We will tackle that in hour number two of The Bruce Willis Show.